I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. Have you heard of a flight nanny? It's an aspect of pet care that not many people talk about or even know about is an option. We're really excited to have JP back on the show. He's the owner of Dog Days and Catnaps and was previously on episode 180, where he talked about what it was like buying a business and integrating and expanding the business past that. But today, he walks us through the ins and outs, the legalities, the insurance, the process of flying a pet on an airplane for a client. Let's get started. Thanks for having me again. Um, uh, yeah, everyone, uh, listeners, uh, if if you are a great fan of Colin, I am uh, one too. I short intro. I am the owner of Dog Days and Cat Naps, a uh, pet sitting company here in Northeast Florida. Uh, you know, the company has been around since year two thousand, so it has been our twenty one twenty second year. Um, I am a new owner. I am not going to take full credit on my previous show. Uh, Colin and I have talked about, you know, the, the, the ins and outs of buying a business and, and taking over a pet sitting company and, and uh, the success story that I had through that process and that transition process. So um, this company has been in business for 20 years. I've been the owner for five years and, and I've been growing this business uh, exponentially and and you know luckily i was able to take over a couple of years before covid was able to survive the two years that we got stung by covid and and the evolution of the business that i'm in and and, and the topic that we're going to discuss today we call in as far as how and why i got into the whole flight flight nanny stage yeah i know many of us think of pet transportation and that's usually getting a dog or pet in our car and driving them across town, um, this is a little bit more involved. So what what actually is is a flight nanny? Uh, and what are some of the roles and tasks that you do with that? That's, that's a great question. You know, um, a lot of people have, this is a new thing. I think, I think back to start it off, back then, the whole transportation business of pets was mainly on on even our company, we call it pet pet taxiing, which is from the from the word taxi with your pets. And 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 by the way, Colin, I was I was trying to Uber my way in and out of of Chicago um, recently, and I found out that Uber actually has an an option on your on your app that you could have uh, rides with your pets. So that's that's very very interesting. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, we we uh, our company we're in Jacksonville and St. Augustine. So we when I took over the business, a, a portion of the type of service that the previous owner I took over with was pet taxing. It's like exactly what Colleen said. We transport mostly right now from the clients' houses. We pick up their pets. We transport them to either to their vet visits or to their groomers or. Some of them we have to, a lot of them we partner with uh, daycares or board facilities because we are not a kennel facility where, believe it or not, um, they want us to pick up from their house, drop them off for a daycare the whole day. We pick them up at night uh, when the daycare is about to go. And then we, we stay overnight with the client's house. And then it's repeat. The next day when we wake up, we bring those dogs again. We pet taxi them to the daycare. 
and and this. We have quite a few clients that are like that, and that's what we call pet vaccine. Now, going back to what the flight nanny is, uh, the story behind it was um, I lit of my powers, people know, I, I got into this miniature Huskies, what we call Pomskies, and I'm great, great fan of those. Um, and I started breeding responsibly, tried to research and breed myself, you know, and when I had a litter during COVID, I was thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to transport these puppies to their new homes? And most of the new families that I found uh, on social media or on the internet is are from out of state. They're not from Florida. And so there was a need for me to find a way to transport these puppies to their homes. And back in the good old days, the traditional way of transporting is what they call pet cargo. So for many, many years, pet cargo was there. Uh, what a pet cargo is, is you like like your regular cargoes, you check them in and then they have to be in this crates, this huge plastic kennel type crates. And then um, they go into a cargo and have I used it? Yeah, I've probably two of my puppies, one's from Utah and one of my huskies from Ohio. They both went here many years ago using pet cargo. Um, and was it scary? Absolutely. But it, you know, it worked. It was the only option that we had because it was too far to drive. Um, there's people that would drive eight, 12 hours for a puppy, but not when you're across the country, like Utah to Florida. So a lot of people used to pet cargo, but there's a lot of, even back pre COVID, there's a lot of limitations to that. Because, you know, like for Florida, there's an embargo. There's what they call the weather variable, where during the summer months when it's hot, you can't transport a, a puppy or any pets at all through, uh, through flying if it's more than 80 degrees. So the only way that we could have puppies in and out of Florida during the summer is if it's after hours, maybe 9 o'clock at night. So maybe five in the morning where the temperature is, is not above 80 degrees. So I, I would imagine back in the days when I had my puppies, I had to wait till midnight to pick them up because that's the only time that this flights would bring this pets to Florida. And, and maybe the same thing. I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing with those winter months in, in the, in the Northern States where, I would imagine they wouldn't fly puppies in and out if it's too cold. So it's probably the opposite. So again, when I had a litter of palm skis, I told I got to figure out how to fly them. So I, I researched and I realized there's flight nannies. What flight nannies are, are instead of putting them in cargo or flying them cargo, the airlines allow you to bring pets in cabin and fly pets in cabin with you. Um, and that's where it all started. You know, they're, they're, I research it. There's a little bit of basic, you know, restrictions that are involved. Uh, you know, the first rule that I find with most airlines is obviously they have to have their health papers to go with, and they have to be at least 10 weeks old. Some airlines, I mean, Delta for one, I fly Delta. 
Um, they're strict with a 10 week old policy. So a puppy has to fly 10 weeks or older. Um, some airlines may differ. You know, I know United is 12 weeks or so. So they wanted to make sure that they follow those age rules. They want to make sure they have the health certificates, vaccinations, vet records and all that. And then also the, the maximum that they could have size wise is 20 pounds. So if, even if you have, even if you have a, pu- a puppy that's three, four, five, six years old, people could fly with their pets only if they're less than 20 pounds. Hmm. So that's the thing. And it, you have to have a, a pet approved carrier. So you have to have your bag that is pet approved by the airlines. Um, I usually just buy them out of Amazon. Amazon would, would say this is airline approved carriers, pet carriers that you could bring with you. And, um, they, you know, obviously they have to fit under the seat. So um, the only pets that are allowed in cabin that are free range from not being in a bag under the seat is if they're, um, they're service animals. Right. So if you see a bigger lab or, you know, bigger dogs that, that flies in a, in cabin and airplane, they have to be service animals. Um, you know, two years ago, they were allowing emotional support animals, but a lot of people kind of, you know, they, people got greedy. They were using that as an excuse. It was so much easy to get an emotional support certificate. And they say, oh, this is cheaper than paying a pet cabin fee. And that's the other one. Uh, pet cabin fee, airlines charge $125 per, per ticket per way. Mm-hmm. So say, Colin, you went to Texas with Megan. If you were to bring a pet with you that is flying in cabin with you, going to Texas, you have to pay $125. And going back home, you have to pay another $125 on top of your airline tickets. The flight nanny started during COVID when the variables were set where I can't transport my puppies through ground transportation or through uh, pet cargo. So I brave myself to say, hey, I, I even brought my two sons with me, by the way, which is bad, maybe bad parenting 101. But uh, yeah, so I brought my two boys with me because we have four puppies so you're allowed to have a maximum of two puppies in one bag and they have to be of the same breed like that's the restriction you have to be the same breed and as long as they're both less than 20 pounds you could have two puppies in one bag uh unfortunately we had four puppies that we fly together so i brought my two sons and we all fly and we kind of learned the ropes from there and then um, yeah, and then it got famous on social media that people, oh, okay, JP knows how to fly puppies. So one breeder after the other that I met and my name got out there and I would have people contacting me that, hey, can you fly my puppy? Or, hey, I got your number from a breeder. I heard you're a flight nanny. Can you fly your puppy for me? So I've been doing that, was it 2020, 2021? So maybe this is my second year that I'm flying puppies now as a flight nanny. Um, and I know I have two other uh, flight nannies, my pet sitters that are, you know, very flexible in flying as well. So I have two of them that have helped me. Um, and 
and it was a good evolution, an add-on service that you could you could add on top of what we normally do as a pet sitter. So I, it kind of makes sense for us because we're already experienced in taking care of pets. Yeah. So flying them was just it was it was easier, relatively easier because we're we're so used to taking care of pets. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, again, hearing that and going well. Well, this is kind of born out of necessity of I, I, I can't do anything with these dogs unless they get to their client, get to the people who want them. And now kind of backing it into and kind of expanding that a little bit. Did you did you need any sort of, you know, did they did the airlines want to see that you had any certifications or licensing or anything like that to be transporting the dogs? No, really? No, no, not at all. Uh, there is, in fact, a Facebook group that just mainly a group of flight nannies. Um, I think it's uh, flight nanny something on Facebook. I'm I'm a part of it. And people would post there all the time. I need a flight nanny from here and here. So you'd see a lot of individuals that does it. Um, there's no there's no licensing. I There's an insurance, though. Sure. So there's an insurance policy that you could buy. So I, I contacted, um, you know, most of the pet sitters, all of us that owns maybe go through PSI or do business insurance to sort of Carolinas. They don't cover it. They don't do flight nanny. They're anything as long as involved in flights or going an airline, they don't, they don't give you coverage. Um, I may be wrong, but I've already inquired with them. I asked them, Hey, I want to add flight nanny in my service. And they did not. So uh, I actually changed. I actually changed insurance carriers last year. So the new insurance carrier does cover flight nanny for insurance. You know, it does cost a little bit more than your traditional pet sitting, obviously. But if you're charging a lot more, then then yeah, absolutely, it's worth it. Uh, that extra peace of mind, as we all know, uh, in the pet sitting world. I always educate everybody being licensed, bonded, insured. They're, you know, liability is always nice to have yourself covered. So uh, they do that, especially these puppies are expensive. Most of the puppies that we fly, I have flown a very expensive puppy for an NFL player. Um, you know, Jalen Ramsey was a Jacksonville Jaguars player. And I was contacted by his breeder that, hey, can you fly this puppy? When I found out it's from Jalen Ramsey, I mean, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So I did it, and uh, you know, I brought his puppy, and and he was with LA Rams now, and you know, in fact, he won his first Super Bowl last month, yeah. and uh, yeah, I uh, I flew his puppy for him, and it's one of those experiences that you would never forget that you know be part of, but. Um, yeah, to answer your question, it's it's definitely a plus to have that insurance. As we all know, liability is there. And having an extra piece of mind, something happens, you know, you're covered. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, we actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature-rich, and it's always improving. If you are looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. 
Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetobed.com slash confessional. Yeah, well, especially having a, a dog uh, in your possession across such a wide variety of scenarios, right? Not just yes. driving, Correct. but you're doing multiple transitions. You're going across multiple Correct. state lines. There's just there's a lot yeah. more involved with that. Sometimes they stay with me in a hotel. There's layovers that got like, especially on winter times where um, you miss flights or flights get canceled. So now you gotta, you know, you gotta be in, you know, hotels with them and stay in hotels with them and, and those stuff. So, you know, it's not, it's definitely not easy, but you know, if you are really very passionate with pets and know what you do, it, it could be a fun fun gig you know i travel places that i've never thought i'd be you know um you're in missouri right colin yes are you so i i went to st louis airport one of my favorite airports and kansas city airport one of the i would say easiest airport you could go in and out you know from because it's a big letter u horseshoe just be sure you're not from one end to the other or else you'll be walking half a mile but uh you know airports i get to know airports now because i travel and and it's a great you know if it's the summer i bring my kids with me you know we we know a breeder that has a ranch in iowa and i brought them for a week and teach this boys the the farm life you know and and you know you could you could some of the flight nannies that i know they they make it fun by making it travel you know you're more, some of the flight attendants even talked to me and said, I'd rather have your job. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah. I think diving, I think diving into those who are interested in doing, uh, I know I had a few friends that asked me, Oh, how could I be a flight nanny? So I know, and they started their research and go online and some companies out there that open up a, a bigger company of flight nannies. A lot of them, get stuck to the question that which airline do you work with? So, I mean, why, why, why is it a, why is it a question or a big question in applying to be a flight nanny? I'll tell you why. Most of the flight nannies out there calling are working for the airlines. Most of them are flight attendants because they get to fly for free. Uh. So it's, majority more than 50 percent of the flight nannies out there are working for the airlines because they're taking advantage of the free flights then they get to charge customers the flight nanny fee like for example for me my average flat fee for flying a puppy is 575 dollars okay but then you know at the end of the day do the math I don't work for the airlines, so I buy my own tickets round trip, right? And then it's your time. At the end of the day, some of the people that I educate, oh, this is what you do. This is how. And then they come back to me. How do you do it? It's not worth it. I'm like, so I come back. I say, well, that's the same thing with pet sitting. Sometimes people ask me, like, why do you pet sit? It's like, it's a lot of work, but there's a little money. I said, well, you're in the wrong industry. You're in the wrong business. If you don't have the passion or the heart for the animals, then then you should find another job, you know? Same with, same with flight nannying. The only reason I can make it work is that 
you know, I, I, for one work from home or should I say work online. Um, so as long as I bring my computer with me, I can bring my work with me. So I'm able to multitask and Delta. I pay, I think I pay $50 a month calling with Delta. I get, I get free Wi-Fi when I'm on the air. So I get to bring my work with me wherever I go. So even if I'm up in the air on a three, four hour flight, I got Wi-Fi up there. So, and then the second motivation for me, obviously, the first is to, it feels great to be part of this pet's first time journey of meeting their new owners. I've seen the, the reward is once you deliver a puppy, and you meet them. Usually, we meet airport to airport. So you pick up, you pick up the puppy from the airport from the breeder, for example. Pick up the puppy. You check them in, into the gates. Then you fly the puppy with you. Usually, once you're up in the air, once the air, air something about the, the motion of the air, aircrafts, they're going to be falling asleep in that flight. Once you arrive to your destination. I always meet people in the baggage claim area. That's the easiest meeting point. I'll tell them, hey, here's my flight number. You could always check if we arrive. And most passengers go straight to baggage claim. So let's just meet the baggage claim. I meet them there. And then the, seeing this family's excitement of meeting a new puppy and being a witness of that journey and you're being part of that journey and you being able to make that reality that they've been dreaming to have this puppy and finally they're going to meet this puppies for the first time it's it's an amazing feeling you know i've seen i've seen people that just cry tear, tears of joy you know so it was very rewarding to have that you know obviously the the income or the money and it all comes next but it's very rewarding. And then the second for me, the motivation is I travel a lot and I only use Delta because as you travel more, you, you earn miles, obviously. I have I have probably about 650,000 miles by now. And I'm, I'm now in the diamond medallion status, which is the highest medallion status for Delta which is nice because when I travel with my kids or my wife, I get bumped up to first class for free. Hmm. And then, you know, we get access to the club lounges. So you're, you're now traveling in style, but then at the back of my head, you know, I'm not, I'm not a CEO that flies all over the country for work. I'm, I'm a CEO that works for puppies and flies these puppies all over the country, you know, which is fun. Yeah, but those those comes later. Those are extra perks. Now I have this tons of miles that I could use for my family. You know, I may not have made a huge profit dollar wise, but I've earned this. I've earned this, you know, through the process. Yeah. And 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 like I said, it it did help to keep myself busy during the whole COVID time because a lot of us that sit in companies really got hit bad during COVID. So. Mm-hmm. We got to do what we need to do to survive. You kind of adapt and see what's out there. And then, as you said, like, it's not just a one benefit. And I think many times we try and make decisions and try and see, oh, what do I get out of it? 
But if we don't broaden our minds and think of, oh, there's actually multifacets to this. There's four or five different things that, that I end up getting back. Some of them non-monetary, right? But we can focus on those as a motivation at times to, to make those kind of decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And some of them would pay like like the NFL player, like I said, you know, because you're a pet sitter, they end up calling me sometimes that, hey, can I'll fly you to LA. Can you watch my dog for a weekend? You know, stuff like those. So again, it ties down back to what you are is you're, you're a pet sitter, you know, loud, loud and proud. You're a pet sitter. You're good in taking care of pets. And, and, you know, it's just surprisingly, I would get text messages now that are being spreaded by other people that you fly for because these breeders, they're always going to have puppies. They're always going to have buyers. Now they're not limiting themselves to just being able to rehome them locally. Now they have the option to rehome them wherever they want to because they have a trusted, reliable pet a flight nanny. Mm. So they're all, the it's like our pet sitting business. It's naturally a repeat business. It's a natural recurring business. And we all want to be in a recurring business. We all want to be in a business where it's not a one-time deal. You know, you don't want to be a wedding photographer because you're only going to be there for their wedding. And then you'll be lucky enough if they'll use you for their baby pictures. Maybe not, you know. So you want to be in a business where, like I said, it all started with my own litter of puppies that I fly. And it only took for other readers to see that, hey, he was able to do it. Now, do you want, can you do it for me? And then you end up working with network of four or five different readers before you know it, you're busy. So, you know, and, and uh, I have people who wants to do my job. I have people that that's pretty cool. I want to do it, you know? So, cause it could be fun. You know, I mean, I had pet sitters that fly, fly for me and said, I would have never imagined that these puppies are the reason why I was able to ride an airplane. Mm. You know? <laughs> so just being able to have that opportunity to travel is great. I even had one flight nanny that traveled to Brazil and, <laughs> and had an all, uh, it's so fun. She had an all expenses paid ticket to Brazil and she got $500 for pocket money. So wow. she had an all expenses paid hotels tickets there and she was paid 500 bucks. I mean, who does not want to do that job? Right. And you are snug, you are snuggling their puppy along the way. I mean, come on. Right? Fine. <laughs> well, so on that, you know, I know you said that you have a, a flat fee and then sometimes you buy your own tickets. Is that, does that kind of negotiation happen with the client who's, who you're transporting the puppy for yeah. uh, about wh- who's going to cover what? Correct. So back in the good old days, everything was cheap. You know, when I say good old days during the COVID. So I, I had the luxury of flying calling during COVID where I, I kid you not, there were flights that I was the only, I was only guy in the aircraft. It was, oh, that's the tickets were cheap. <laughs> Yeah, it was. And then I think, I think for about six months, I'd say about maybe more that they were spreading out seats. Like it's every other seat. So they were selling, they were back to flying. They were back to flying, but they won't have any two persons sitting together. So it was fun. I mean, 
I would buy tickets, round trip tickets from from Florida to San Francisco for, geez, maybe 150 bucks. It was so cheap. So yeah, going back to that, um, that's the going rate. More or just five seventy five. It's usually about five hundred, six hundred bucks is what people pay for flight nannies. But then be realistic. I, I like if there's a if there's a a request for me to fly and it do the mat, it doesn't make me any profit. There are two only ways to do it. Number one is I'll ask them, are you fine to wait until I find another puppy that I could make during that route? Say I'm going to Texas, I'm gonna find another nanny that's going from Texas coming back here then it makes it worthwhile to buying a ticket that's round trip because, you know, I'm instead of one way round trip and I'm making more into that. And the second, if it is really just one round trip, I'll, I'll be honest with the clients. Hey, this is the price of my ticket. You know, I can't do it because it's just right. You know, either you cost, I, I usually do cost plus. So say, I'll be honest with them. I say, okay, I can't do it at five seventy five, and there are clients that are okay with that. My ticket price is six hundred, and then for my time, I'll charge two hundred. Just for example, some clients will be fine. I say, like, okay, I'll pay you eight hundred bucks to do it. Then I'll do it. You know, so like I said, you probably made two hundred dollars for a one day job, but then like the non monetary side of things kicks in. You, you earn miles. You know, you you rack up your miles. You're 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 tearing up to your airline medallion statuses that you get to enjoy the perks later on, and and like I said, you know the non-monetary follows. But yeah, there's there are room for negotiation, especially now that oh the flights are back. Right now the tickets are outrageous again. So yeah. you know, but I was able to. I have a friend that works for the airline, very nice gentleman, and I was able to keep him busy, you know, those, those. So what I did was I partnered with him. I told him, dude, those that I can't fly myself because the tickets are just outrageous, would you do the jobs for me? So he kept like for the months, like, you know, I would probably do two, three flights a month. And then during those times that I have a request that I can't do, I pass it on to him because he works for the airlines and he able to do it for relatively a lot cheaper than I could do. Then it kind of works. So, and then I have a network of flight nannies that I work with, which is kind of great because we're not just like for me here, that's what I do. I try to collaborate with other companies like here, you know, dog and bad to the bone and same thing we do over here in florida i mean i contact him many times said hey i can't do this line can you help me out and you know she helps out the same thing he borrows some of my pet sitters is like hey i I need people can you help me out so we're kind of like that's kind of my mentality in business we're not here to kind of divide and conquer we're kind of here to collaborate and work and at the end of the day you end up getting more you know they say they say if you want to reach your destination fast do it by yourself you'll go there first but if you want to reach somewhere farther do it together Mm -hmm. and i always learned that 
always learn that hey what's your goal do you want to be in this do you want to be the first then yeah by all means do it by yourself you know but is that really your goal do you want to reach a far a further destination then you can't do it by yourself you have to do it together and have somebody do it with you so well it definitely is a team effort as you said of like uh you might not be personally able to do that particular flight or it doesn't fit in with the schedule or pricing and trying to figure out, okay, how can we make this service work to get that dog to where it needs to go? Um, but w- when you when you get a request for a flight, Nanny, what goes through your mind in preparing for that flight? It's, it's, very, it's very nice to have the experience in the pet sitting world. So I give them a form field, like what I do with my pet sitting company. I give them like, hey, go to this form field fill out the fill out like a contact us form like fill out the details basic information i need like who they are what their name what kind of dog it is what how old date you know what's the airport pickup what's the airport drop off when so i have those basic information and then i prepare and go at the airlines i go expedia or see what kind of tickets are there and see if it's doable and if it's me personally, or if it's a team of pet sitters that works as flight nannies for me, do it. So doing that logistics and then to prepare ourselves, we know, again, going back because we have the experience in the pet sitting world, you know, we send them a, an email template. Hey, we are happy to be your flight nanny. Here's what a list of things that we need to do to prepare prior to your flight. You know, um, we usually provide our own pet carrier bag. Um, I always educate people that those pet carriers are always constantly change. You know, after two, three uses, I, I give it away to my, to the new owners because I want something new because, you know, puppies are very prone to Giardia or, or Coxidia or any Parvo, knock on wood, you know, those, those kind of diseases, you just don't want to have a bag full of diseases, you know? So soon as we get home, we make sure that we wash those bags, you know, and sanitize them. Um, I usually give them some breeders would give them um, sedative. Um, I don't. um, I, because I know how to kind of make them a little bit more relaxed uh, with the flights. I, have mastered the art of not using as possible, not use the pet station in the airports because they're, they're dirtier and whatnot than dog parks, you know? So um, what I use is I find the nearest family room in the airport. And those family rooms are, are not the traditional cubicle. You know, when you go to your restrooms, you have cubicles that, that, you could see true under by the ankle down, you know, this family rooms are door shut kind of, you know, when you change your diapers kind of family rooms where you could lock yourself there. So I would lock myself there and I would, you know, drop some pee pads and make sure I have pee pads in me. And I have those collapsible water bowls. I would grab them. Um, I would have bully sticks to keep them occupied. Um, I normally don't suggest feeding. I would ask the, the families that, you know, if it's a flight, I, I, I would ask the breeders not to feed them three hours before the flight because a lot of them would have motion sickness. And the first thing is they throw up, yeah. you end up cleaning them. 
Um, I've never had a poop accident, knock on wood. Uh, if it's more than three hour flight, again, I would go to this tiny little bitty lavatories in the aircraft. Um, and I would let them just kind of space out and roam around on a pee pad. Um, you know, and there are bags that I use that are collapsible in a way where you could open the side pockets of those bags and it becomes bigger. Um, normally I would lay pee pads inside of that. Um, those are useful. Um, CBD, I usually use CBD treats if it's okay with them, it helps calm them down. But like I said, more often than not, I 90% of the time, once that aircraft take off, they just sleep through the flight. Um, and I, I don't know, it's definitely the motion that the aircraft make them sleep. And, and I hope that's the same for babies because it's not easy to travel with babies and kids. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it. I prepare myself. I tell them the same thing, you know, meet you at the luggage claim, make sure you have your own transport like bags or leash or harness or ring towels and what have you. And that's it. We kind of, we kind of do it that way. And then just like the pet sitters, we give them a lot of text message with pictures, dates, and uh, all those fun stuff. Yeah, you can kind of bring them into, again, help that experience of making them a part of that journey. As you said, of like, this is, you're getting to meet your new puppy. Here they are. We could tell that story of puppy's first flight to bring it to them. I can definitely see how that'd be, that'd be super cool. They would have... They like pictures with the flight attendants. They like pictures during the check-in. They like pictures during the flight. You know, they, <laughs> you know, we've learned this roach as pet sitters that we know that our clients, they enjoy that. They enjoy getting feedback with, with pictures and, and reports step-by-step. Step. They just enjoy knowing that, hey, my puppy is being well taken care of. So yeah. that's a plus. Our friends at Pet Perennials make it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct-to-client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches our client or employee. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They also offer an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get well wishes, and welcome new and even rescued pets. Additionally, there are gift choices in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client or celebrate pregnancy, engagement, or wedding of a pet lover. If you're interested, register for a free business account to unlock the all-inclusive discounted package prices. Since the service is leveraged on an as-need basis, there is no monthly or annual obligation or minimum purchase. Learn more and register by using the link in the show notes. And enter the referral code PSC at registration. You'll get a unique coupon code to save $2 off any packages that you send in your first 90 days. Well, so you've done, you know, most of your, all of your flights have been with dogs. Uh, Are there flight nannies that do other pet transportations um, or is that, you know, okay. Yeah, there there are cats. Now, the the problem really with, and it's funny you said that, Colin, because uh, here in Jacksonville Airport, I went one of the nicest, cleanest. I I, I hate to be biased, but one of the nicest um, one of the nicest pet station is here locally where we are at in Jacksonville. When I say nice, because they have astroturf and they have a view of the runway, oh. and they have they got rocking chairs too, and oh. not just that, they got they got litter boxes. So going to that topic, 
wow, a pet station with litter box? I mean, like, so true enough, I've been to flights before that they have cat, cats. And, and, and we all know dogs are as equal as cats are. People, in fact, probably have more cats than dogs in one household, um, you know, because they can afford to have multiple cats than multiple dogs. Um, so they travel that. The only restriction we have with that coin is that I'm kind of more... I'm kind of more still hesitant doing that because we all know, even as pet sitters, when you transport a cat, it could be, you just watch on YouTube on the challenges of vet clinics on how just basically getting them out of the carrier, they are just going to panicking. The moment you open the carrier from traveling from your home to the vet, it's just, that's why they ask, Vets always ask you, oh, can you please put towels on your carrier? Because yeah. they they don't want to be shaken. They want to make sure they claw to something. Because the first sign of taking them out of that carrier is they're going to claw on you. Yeah. It's going to be panicking and scared. So um, I would figure that's the main reason because cats. But I have seen people that I met that flew with cats and they were able to do it but i would imagine those are the people that this cats are experiencing and they they've been to car rides before or you know the traditional household cat you can't even put them inside a car you know they would freak out so but yeah no i haven't i haven't personally gone into that or venture into that but Mostly it's just puppies. Again, there's there's probably more need for that service as well than there are typically for, for cats and their transportation across for you know in this kind of style and this doing this it doing it this way. I would say do a lot of research. Try to do it once first, kind of get to know if it's something that you would do, get to learn the ropes. Um, you know, research uh, there's different Facebook groups for flight nannies out there. Put yourself in there, um, you know, contact breeders first that, that might need help for flight nanny. Um, and then all it takes is just one one job, do a great job on it. And then they're always going to repeat and repeat and repeat because there's really a finite amount of, of flight nannies out there. Um, the, the flight attendants now are getting reprimanded by the airlines for abusing their they're 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 free flights so okay um so now and then the 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 downside of hiring a flight attendant is they always fly standby so they can never give the new owners a definite timeline Mm -hmm. and that's not nice right so like imagine I tell you, Colin, I'm going to bring you a puppy tomorrow, but I'm not sure what time I'm arriving. So that's going to be hard. So you're going to block off. Yeah, you're going to be blocking off your entire day, not knowing if, you know, because again, they fly standbys. So, and with the busy season that we have right now, there's not enough airlines, there's not enough seats, there's not enough workers everywhere. I've had one time that I was stuck in an airport because there's no, there's not enough aircraft crew. So, um, you know, the world that we're evolving right now is, is 
is just different. So yeah, do it. I would try my best advice is I would try to contact local breeders because then it 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 serves the purpose of hiring you as their flight nanny because you fly local. You're basically not trying to travel to Missouri to pick up, then you travel to San Francisco and then go back to Florida. So I would I know a lot of people in Missouri because that's kind of like, you know, the 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 corn haven. Um and there's a lot of land. Yep. There's a lot of cows. So um there's a lot of breeders out there. So uh, and I know a lot of breeders out there. So it'll be nice to know and start with that and know that let me start with my local because they know that I'm in a flight in and out of the local airport where they're in. So and it's cheaper for you to do it. You know, say you and Megan has to do it. That's what I would I would contact local breeders around the area. Hey, you know, I would like to be your flight man. And, you know, and kind of discuss that. And it takes one from the other and then go kind of spiral from there. Who is this a good fit for as far as who should kind of pursue this? Do they have to have certain things set up in their business to, to make this work or, you know, or, or, or anything like that? The weird, the weirdest that I could tell you is that majority of actually that does this are again, more than 50% that I know of work for the airlines. Okay. Um, the flight attendants, I think logistic wise and the numbers wise, because they could fly free. Uh, now, but if you ask me, who is this for? I think this is a perfect fit for an industry as pet sitters. Um, you know, if you love pets, and you know how to take care of pets, this is a great opportunity for you. Uh, Number two is if you like to travel. So if you're a traveler, this job is for you. This is like a dream job for you. It's the best of both worlds. You get to have the, the, the cuddle time with the puppies, and at the same time, you get to travel, then, yeah, this this would be a perfect job for you. So... Or you could be like me, who's like a, an online entrepreneur who have multiple companies that as long as I'm in front of a computer with internet, I'm, I'm in business, I'm at work. So yeah, those are just probably some of the stuff that I'd say, I know I have, I know I have some flight nannies that are not flight attendants and that's all they need. They just want to travel without worrying where to travel and to pay for the travel. So it's a great, it's a great job. (laughs) Well, yeah, especially as I know you had alluded to a little bit earlier of going, well, we can make this trip into more than just point A to point B, right? So that's that other part of if you like to travel, if you are interested in seeing other places, you can start stringing some of these things along and go, well, I always wanted to go to San Francisco anyway. So if I can get a dog there, now I can spend a week and then I can come back and, and work it that way too. Like that's, that's, you can start using this as part of your plan and your travel ideas. Correct. When the COVID started and I knew that my boys are going to be in virtual school, um, the, we went to San Francisco, for oh. example. Um, I my we traveled my my youngest son and i my wife and i went straight to san francisco from florida and then my other son and i went pick up puppies there in iowa and then we met them in san francisco because my son and i were carrying about four puppies do the mat it was more than enough to pay for our entire trip to san francisco with the entire family plus the hotels 
So we made a trip out of it. You know, um, I've had flight nannies before that I would pick up in the Midwest, like Missouri, for example, if I go to St. Louis, then I would fly to LA or to Seattle. Then on the way back, I would pick up again in, in, in the mid areas. Then I would go East. Then I go home, you know, so you could make stop points, pick up and then make it. But at the same time, you know, like April, my wife and I are going to Pennsylvania because there are two poodles that needs to be flying back home here in Florida. So I told my wife, tickets are, and the hotels are, are cheaper for us, both you and I to make a weekend out of it, you know, and, you know, which is what we're doing. So like I said, it's, it's a great, a great thing to do if you're like traveling and you don't have to worry about paying for your bills to travel, then that's, this is it. This is the job for you. <laughs> and all it takes, as you said, is getting contacted with some local breeders or some even maybe even some local clients who are travel around the country and want their pets taken with them as well. Feel free to contact me because I, I can even, you know, if you're really serious about it, I could educate you and maybe I could, you know, like I said, we can network and I can let you, hey, I know the breeders already. So I'll let you do the flying. I'll do the talking. Hey, you know, I know this. Oh, I can't do it. Colin could do it. Oh, Megan could do it. You know, dog could do it. You know, it's, it's, it's like that, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's all it takes is like I said, my got my friend who, who works for Southwest now, he's, he's busy as can be, you know, <laughs> so I'm just throwing people his way. So, and, and that's all it takes is, is having this relationships and, and kind of planting seed and it just continue to grow. So would I ever, would I ever want to keep doing it? I told my wife, I want to do it somewhat just to give myself the opportunity to give a sanity and go out there and do your little load time and travel. But if it continues to grow, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe it could be a good retirement job, you know? And like I said, in April 1st or 3rd, my wife and I are going to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, because there's a demand for it. There's a need for it. So, you know, you be able to do it. I really love this idea and I love how it's growing in popularity. And I I totally agree that pet sitters are the ones who should be stepping up and and offering that service because we have that experience. We have the credentials and the training and why not? Right. And especially if it's something that interests you. So I'm, I'm very excited to see where this starts going. And it's easier for us to do because it comes out naturally comes out naturally works so good with animals and 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 it really is not like i i have a a neighbor he's retired cop he's been in service for 25 years but they just got their first puppy you know first time so he asked me can i be a flight and i was like oh maybe enjoy your puppy first get to know how to handle your own puppy and then it's just hard to jump from not having a pet and then all of a sudden you're a flight nanny yeah. It, it, you know, it takes a lot in a pet person to have patience in, in doing this because it's not all rainbows and butterflies. You know, there's, 
there's challenges, you know, so you have to be prepared for those challenges. All right. <laughs> Which is, uh, as a pet sitter, we, uh, we, we encounter those quite a bit on our day-to-day anyway. So it kind of, again, kind of comes naturally. Yes, absolutely. JP, uh, thank you so much for sharing and shedding some light on this part of the industry that's growing in popularity and um, where we can get started and some tips about that. But if somebody does want to reach out to you and pick your brain and start making some of those connections, yeah. how, how best can they do that? Hey, you, you guys could, you know, contact me. My my website is dogdayscatnaps.com. Uh, my email is admin at dogdayscatnaps.com. Uh, Colin, happy to share those information when you send out an email to this. But yeah, I think I always believe that our industry is ever evolving. And our pet sitters, I always tell people we have to constantly adapt the whole flight any it happened because you know i was struggling with the pet sitting business and covid was there but i took that opportunity to be able to turn that negativity to something positive mm. and i think as, as pet sitters that's a takeaway i think we should continue to to face those challenges and evolve you know we we have to find out what works and what is the demand and what does people need in order for us to provide a better pet service. So, and, and just flight nanny came into the picture. So if you guys are interested, if you want to be a flight nanny, believe me, you do not have to be, you do not have to work for the airlines to do it, you know, so you could do it. I don't, uh, ironically speaking, calling my flight attendant. Oh, um, so if anything, she was more qualified than me, but you know, she, you know, when she comes to me, she tells me one thing. I can't believe that you do this. It's it's not an easy job. But like pet sitters, you know what? Because we love its passion. It was really our passion to do what we do as pet sitters. Again, I'm going back to what I said. It will come out naturally. I, I really believe that too, JP. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'll have links to your website and your email as well so people can get in touch. So they can start uh, networking and asking questions about this to see if it is going to be a good fit for them. And um, again, I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this and uh, really looking forward to, to seeing where this whole thing goes. Hey, thank you so much. Congratulations, Colin, Megan. You guys are superb. <laughs> well, waiting. Hopefully you, you do me again on your 1,800. So <laughs> <laughs> let me go ahead and get you scheduled in. Uh, that'll do okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. that was awesome. That was awesome, JP. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. If you want to reach your destination, do it yourself. If you want to reach further, do it together. It's a really good reminder that in pet care and the services that we provide, we're not doing it alone. There are people that you can reach out to, collaborate with, whether that's in a local community or abroad on an international Facebook page. As we continue to evolve, we will provide better and better and more specialized pet care service. So whether that is something like a flight nanny for a client or whatever that looks like in five or 10 years from this point, we need to stay fresh and we need to continue to think about the needs that our clients have both here and beyond what we currently offer and whether that's a good fit for us. Flight Nanny sounds like an amazing opportunity for the right person. So just because it's popular, just because it's growing, just because there's an interest in it, doesn't mean it's the right fit for everybody. 
And that's something that we have to assess every single time these kind of decisions come up. We want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials, for making today's show possible and thanking our allergies for giving us a sore throat and tonsillitis. So thank you so much for listening today and for your continued support. We'll be back again soon. 